This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Now, here's your host, Wes Bleed. Thank you, Stacy, and thanks for joining us on WQA Radio. And in this podcast, we're talking about algae blooms. The algae itself is not necessarily a concern because it's pretty easy to take the algae out. The problem is the chemicals that the algae produces, which, again, can cause the bad taste and odor or potential health concerns. We'll talk with Eric Yegi, Technical Affairs Director at WQA. Later, we'll have a regulatory update, and we'll check in at the WQA News Desk. Coming up. Do you want to showcase your company's expertise and stand out in the water treatment marketplace? Then WQA's Business Excellence Program is the right choice for you. Business Excellence recognizes members that demonstrate a commitment to quality at the highest level. Membership plus certified products, plus certified professionals, equal business excellence. Go to wqa.org be to start the brief application process. So what is an algae bloom? Well, for that and more on the whole subject, we bring in Eric Yegi, our Technical Affairs Director at WQA. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Wes. Nice to have you back on the show. So we're into summer. And uh, we members, WQA members, and perhaps the public at large to some extent, need to be aware of potential algae blooms. Just what are they? Sure. Algae blooms happen in the summertime when a high level of nutrients enter the drinking water supplies or lakes, streams, uh, places where we draw our source water, which is then treated for drinking water. The High level of nutrients can be caused by fertilizers and agricultural activity and other sources, but essentially we're talking about runoff that gets into the streams and the lakes and then results in an algae bloom due to the high levels of sunlight in the summertime. So the algae literally bloom. There's a Yep. The algae literally have a growth spurt and they also produce chemicals which can cause bad taste and odor, or in some cases can be a health concern. Well, this is uh, algae now. We're talking about lakes and streams? Yep. Many of the source waters for our drinking water comes from lakes and streams. And the algae itself is not necessarily a concern because it's pretty easy to take the algae out. The problem is the chemicals that the algae produces, which, again, can cause the bad taste and odor or potential health concerns. Now, is this a threat... Uh, throughout the country or in certain places more than others? Algae blooms tend to be very localized events. They, uh, they, they occur in a local stream, but a few miles down the road, you may have a similar stream that doesn't have an algae bloom, or more often in lakes. Uh, but again, you can have one lake right next to another lake that, that doesn't have an algae bloom. And so it really depends on where the utility is drawing their source water and whether or not that's an issue. Uh, Last year, there was an algae bloom in Lake Erie near the Toledo area, and that that resulted in uh, some uh, extent of a crisis. Tell us about what happened. So what happened in Toledo was they had, um, they actually had a cyanobacteria, which is not a true algae, 
but we think about it as an algae. We used to call them blue-green algae because they act like algae. They actually obtain their energy from photosynthesis, just like algae. They had a cyanobacteria which bloomed in Lake Erie, which caused that, which is where they drew their source water. And that bacteria actually releases a, a neurotoxin, which is very dangerous. So their concern was that the neurotoxin was getting into the water supply. So they actually issued a do not use order on their water. And how long did that all last, uh, and what was the resolution of it? It lasted several days. They, in, they were able to eventually get the microcystin problem under control and get, and get treatment in place to make sure that none of the microcystin was making it to people's homes. And in the meantime, most people relied on bottled water. We're talking with Eric Yegi, the Technical Affairs Director at WQA, the Water Quality Association here on WQA Radio, and we're talking about algae blooms. So what is uh, the best type of treatment for dealing with the contaminants that are associated with the algae blooms? Because as you said, it's not really the algae so much as the resulting contaminants? Sure. There's very little information out there on whether point of use or point of entry treatment can be effective at removing the contaminants that are associated with these algae blooms. The in most cases, people rely on bottled water in cases like this. There are some cases, some of the categories of algae form chemicals that just cause taste and odor issues, such as geosmin or MIB. And in cases like that, the filters that are actually certified to remove taste and odor are not necessarily effective because those filters are certified for taste and odor claims based upon the removal of chlorine, which has nothing to do with uh, the removal of geosmin or MIB. So you may install a filter for your customer that is perfectly certified and effective at removing taste and odor in terms of chlorine, but it may not help them at all with taste and odor, taste and odor that is associated with algae blooms. So what is a water treatment professional to do? Well, one of the things water treatment professionals should be aware of is that there are some there are a limited number of products that are certified now for removal of microcystin, which is one of the most dangerous chemicals associated with with the algae blooms. Those can, those products can be found by looking for products that are certified to NSF P477, which is a protocol that NSF has published specifically for that use. Also, treating the water with disinfection uh, is not necessarily an answer because you, while that might be effective at killing the algae, it, when the cells die, they can actually release all those toxins into the water. So in some cases, disinfection could actually make the prob problem worse. And another thing to, uh, another question we commonly get is whether or not people should be concerned about the presence of microcystin when they have a taste and odor issue that is caused by algae. And it is true that some of the so that some of the same bacteria or cyanobacteria or algae which can cause these taste and odor issues can also release microcystin. So it is an indicator that there could be a problem, but it doesn't necessarily mean there, are problem, there is a problem because it, it's also possible many of these algae, algae uh, species do not 
form microcystin. And even the ones that do form microcystin are not necessarily releasing it at all times of the year. So as far as consumers are concerned, they're listening to this and uh, wondering what they can do. By and large, would they be notified by their municipal water treatment center if something were somehow affected, would you think? Absolutely. Again, the algae blooms are all local issues. So the best thing the consumer can do is consult with their local public health official or their local water treatment provider because these issues are always local. So you want to consult with somebody who's local. All right. And would there be any concern for the private well owner? Absolutely. Private wells do get, uh, occasionally, there are private wells who that are under the influence of, of surface water, and some of those private wells do have algae issues um, or issues commonly associated with things like geosmin and MIB, which can cause taste and odor issues, and that is caused by the presence of algae. WQA yeah. does have resources on this topic, and um, if consumers are interested, they can contact the WQA and ask for information on algae blooms. All right, wqa.org. Eric, thank you very much. Eric Yegi, our Technical Affairs Director at WQA, joining us here on WQA Radio. Kathleen Foltz, WQA's Regulatory and Government Affairs Coordinator with a regulatory update. Last time I discussed how we are tracking the implementation of the Federal Water Infrastructure Improvements for the Nation Act. While this legislation is being executed, we are also expecting Congress to introduce an infrastructure bill. This will most likely be wide-ranging and include $1 trillion. Underwater programs, the current focus has been on rural communities, lead in drinking water, and water contamination spikes during construction, such as lead service line replacements. For members curious about an upcoming infrastructure bill or other proposed legislation, keep an eye on the Government Affairs monthly bills list posted on WQA's website. I will also be able to share another update here. I'm Kathleen Fultz for WQA Radio. I'm Stacey Oskusbach with the WQA News Update. Registration is now open for the 2017 WQA Leadership Conference. The conference will be held September 12th through the 14th at the Rancho Bernardo Inn in San Diego, California. Activities planned include a reception and dinner benefiting the WQRF at the Marine Corps Air Station Miramar, an active military base made famous with the release of the movie Top Gun. Attendees will go on the flight line and see F-18 fighter jets and the newest military aircraft, and then head over to the MCAS Miramar Officers Club for the reception and dinner. This experience is only open to select groups and is not something you'd be able to do on your own. For more information and to register, visit wqa.org. I'm Stacey Oz-Kutzbach for WQA Radio. This week's WQA tip, are you taking advantage of the WQA Career Center? It's the source for the water industry's next wave of talent. Look for the careers tab at the top of wqa.org. And if you like what you hear on these podcasts, be sure to forward a link to a friend or colleague, or feel free to embed the podcast on your website. You can certainly do that. Thanks for joining us. Along with Stacy Ostkutzbach, this is Wes Bleed. 
So Long from WQA Radio. Listening to WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Learn more about WQA's Gold Seal product certification, professional education and certification, find certified products and water treatment providers, and find out how you can become a member all at WQA.org. Thanks for listening.